Got You Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products, using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. Good evening, everybody, and welcome into Got Your Back, the podcast. 14 in a row, 14 wins in a row. I I am blown away by this, just like our good friends over at Buick, Sherwood Buick GMC. Uh, they are thrilled to bring you the show. To announce that they are probably maintained their position as a number one volume GMC dealer in Canada for an incredible six consecutive years. Visit Phil and the crew in Short Park or online at WGMCPod.com. Dot com 14 wins in a row i'm fired up and i'm here in the very special long stocks studio now this is my own version obviously it's very stylish down here in my basement they have amazing golf fantastic sports bar experience visit longshots.ca with a z i'm going to be there tomorrow night i'm actually going to see a meet a friend there gonna have a beer and uh catch up so i'm going down there with uh, my buddy tomorrow Welcome in. I'm Jason Stradwick. It's great to uh, be at the helm today. Uh, Ryan Rashog is uh, a little under the weather. You know, the flu is going around. So it's myself. It's uh, Brown who's joining us right now. And Steve, obviously, at the hands of the controls. Boys, uh, Brownie, I'm feeling good about this. As they say, when the mice are away, the cat will play, my friend. <laughs> it's about time you and I got to take control of this. I mean, we might blow this thing up and it'll be the last podcast ever forgot your back, but we are going to go down in flames. And Steve, how are you feeling, buddy? You got your hands on the wheel here. Are you feeling good about it? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the three of us. Let's see what we can uh, what we can make of this show. It's incredible. I'll tell you, I don't know what to make of this team. 14, 14 wins in a row. It seems like just, you know, weeks ago, we were wondering if these teams going to make the playoffs. I think I put their chances at around 50%. I also said that they were going to go nine and five during their streak after Christmas. So obviously I was nailing everything. So let's get to this 4-1 victory for the Oilers over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, not the prettiest one, but it's still a win. Let's get to the breakdown. Brought to you by our good friends for Adrenaline Diesel. They specialize in heavy-duty truck, trailer repair, performance tuning parts, and sales. Martin's crew have extremely high standards. They'll leave your truck in great shape like it's right out of the factory. Go to Adrenaline Diesel. .ca. All right, guys. 4-1 Brownie win in this game for the Antonis. 14 in a row. It, it is. It feels like the last couple of games when I'm looking at it, they had a bit of a sluggish start. They find their way in the third period and they take over. But, you know, how much are we maybe undervaluing what Stuart Skinner has done, who I should mention had his 11th win in a row, 11th start win in a row, and that surpasses Grant Fuhrer. But, you know, the whole Stu Skinner story, I think that's a huge story for this team, how well he's playing. He's played at an elite level right now. Well, you look at the 14-game the winning streak, I think the Oilers were the better team in 12 of those, handily the better team in 12 of those. Mm -hmm. I think I like Skinner that. played well in every game he started, but I think that he didn't have to steal a game. I thought he, in Chicago, I thought the Oilers were not the better team in Chicago. And tonight, through 40 minutes, they certainly weren't. To me, that was a that score probably should have been 4-1 or 5-1 for Columbus after two. 
That's how good they played, how poorly the Oilers played. But Stuart Skinner kept them in it. He was, he was sensational. Stuart Skinner gave them an opportunity to win a hockey game. And the, I don't know if this was his best effort of the year, but it's certainly the first 40 minutes was the most important uh, effort that he had this year, simply because if he didn't have that, the streak was over. So Stuart Skinner was great and allowed the Oilers to find their way in the third period because through 40 minutes, that might have been the weakest 40 minutes the Oilers have had in their last 25 games. What blows me away is the number of unforced turnovers. The D-men, they, they were over handling the puck, carrying it. There's the last guy, you know, Vinny Darnay, CeCe, the last guy in their zone, and they're overhandling the puck. Just pass it up. You know, just pass it up. You, you don't feel it. Like, you, especially the nights when you don't feel it, I found, at least when I played, and there were very few where I didn't feel it. But if you weren't feeling it, <laughs> you need to be super careful and move that puck up. And it felt like tonight, repeatedly, the order's D, and I, I'm a little bit more, I am guilty of maybe being a little more critical of the D, but just for no reason, trying to, to to make a play that wasn't there. You see a play, make the play, keep it more moving forward, Brownie. Well, I, yeah, and both teams were sloppy at times. I mean, Evan Bouchard, the two best passes he got all night were from Columbus Blue Jacket defenseman <laughs> setting him up in the high slot. So both teams were, were sloppy. But, yeah, the Oilers, turnover after turnover, can't make a 10-foot pass to get out of their own zone. And I know that you picked on the defense there. But two other great examples, in the second period, Columbus, all over the Oilers, all over them. They finally, Oilers finally get a break. It's a two-on-one, Kane and Connor Brown, and Kane misses the 12-foot pass to Connor Brown and ends up dumping it in. In the first period, Warren Fogle by himself. Leon Dreisaitl looks for him for a breakaway pass. Now, I couldn't tell if it was the pass or the reception of the pass, but that's something that over the, four, the 13 games prior, that was automatic. So the Oilers were sloppy. They were sloppy with their decision-making, turning the puck over, and it created a, a situation where Stuart Skinner had to make big save after big save, and fortunately for the Oilers, he was able to do that. Well, let's get to our Weiss Johnson sound box. Check out their scratch and dent sale up to 20% off units with minor imperfections. And all in-stock air conditioners are 25% off. Visit WeissJohnson.com for details. I always wanted to say the jingle. All right, let's hear the man of the hour, the first star of the game, uh, probably the best player on the ice. Stu Skinner on what it means to have his 11-game win streak. Uh, it means a lot. It's, it's. Uh, I was feeling a lot of emotion, especially when I went out on the ice for uh, for the first star there, just because it's pretty cool being able to break break a record from one of the best goalies to ever ever live. So um, obviously a guy that I look up to, a guy that I've talked to, and he's just one of the best. So um, yeah, I'm very very fortunate to be uh, to be able to break it. It's one thing to talk about yourself. Let's hear uh, Evander Kane talking about the guy they call the Skins. Yeah, he's given us uh, solid goaltending. Um, you know, in moments where uh, we haven't had our best hockey, he stepped up and, and, and kept it uh, manageable and kept us in the game. And um, like I said, you know, we've, we've done a good job of winning games different ways. And, um, you know, you have to do that if you're going to win 14 in a row. I've spoken about it before that. We 
we as a as a as a media as a fan base uh the fans they always want to have their goalie steal a game and it, you know even when Stu Skinner was playing well last year I don't remember nights like we saw tonight and some other ones where he's been the reason they won there there's it's clear I believe tonight if they're playing a maybe a better team or Stu Skinner doesn't play the way he does Brownie I think that they lose this game but he was the difference. He was the difference maker in the game. A lot of nights it's Connor. A lot of nights it's Leon. We can talk about Hyman, some other players, Bouchard, all these guys. But tonight it was him. And we're starting to see now a guy who's believing himself. But I think the team also believes that Stu Skinner can win games on his own. Well, 100%. Uh, again, this was a 4-5-1 or five, one lead for Columbus after two. That's how well they played. Uh, Skinner, and the thing about Skinner, not only is he, he making the saves, he's making them look easy. There's the one where it was a, a rebound came out into the slot and the Columbus player came and took a slap shot from 12 feet out and it was just a, an easy kick save for Skinner. It's like, oh, okay, he made that look a lot easier than it should have been. Uh, it, it's funny that, and I, and I know that you you're, you follow all the social media and you guys had the podcast at the beginning when I wasn't on them and we have our call-in show. Everyone was calling for the goalie coach to be fired. Uh, they got a trade for a starter. Yeah, I mean, Campbell's gone. Skinner can't do it. And this is only two months later, he's breaking Grant Fuhr's record. The, one of the greatest goaltenders that ever played. So it's amazing how quickly he's turned it around. And I remember after one of the games that the Oilers lost, and I'm pretty sure Skinner gave up four in that game. He came in afterwards, and they asked him about the game. He said, "You got to be honest. I thought I played pretty good, so I'm going to go rewatch a couple of the goals over and see what I did wrong. But I feel really good in there. I feel very confident about my game right now. And that was after a loss. So this is a guy that believes in himself. There's no arrogance. There's no cockiness. He simply believes in himself. And I know from experience, when I had a goaltender that believed in himself, then I believed in him too." And I think that's what you're seeing with the Oilers right now. They have full belief that every time Stuart Skinner gets a start, he's going to give them a quality start. It's interesting when you watch this team play, there, there's a lot of talent throughout it. But I can't help but think at how much that secondary scoring right now is kicking in. So tonight he had a, his 10th goal of the season, Warren Fogle. He had his 15th goal of the season tonight, Evander Kane. And then his second goal of the season, Evander Hall or Evander, uh, Mr. Holloway there uh, coming up. So, kind of, and then McDavid obviously got his, uh, I think his is 17th. But it is amazing how they're getting contributions from guys that maybe you don't normally expect to. Yeah, Hyman, we're going to see it. Uh, you know, the two big guys, we're going to see it, Bouchard. But this is that next group down. Um, and I think I'll throw McLeod into that as well, Brownie. Well, we saw last year when the Oilers played the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights were deep through their four forward lines. Uh, they weren't afraid to put any line out there. They didn't care about line matchups. They got guys that could contribute up and down their lineup. Uh, when the Oilers go into the playoffs this year, the opposition has one goal, and that is to survive Connor and Leon. And they're going to feel, and if most teams have felt it over the last number of years, if you can survive the Oilers' top two players, if you can hold them to two or less, you can win a hockey game. There's going to be nice to have five or six and oh, the game's done. But if you can hold them to two points each, you're going to win the game because they don't have support scoring. 
Well, in this last little while, I mean, they're at, Connor and Leon are getting a point a game. They're under two. Yet the others are still winning because other guys are stepping up, and it's a different player every night. It's Gagne who comes out of the press box, scores a goal in Calgary. It's Dylan Holloway comes up from the minors, scores a goal tonight. It's Evander Kane who'd been banished to the third line. He moves up. He scores a goal. So they just continue to find different heroes every night. And every year when you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, whenever you see the teams that win, the end of the night they talk about different players who stepped up for them. It's not always the star players. And the Oilers are finally finding that depth and the players are believing in themselves, and they got a coach who's giving them roles, and those players are running with the roles they got. I am on record saying I think Connor Brown will get to 15 goals. Now, that might have been a little bit optimistic, but... a good second half. He's got a really good second half, and he had his chance tonight on the Dylan Holloway goal. Kulak has a shooting chance he he kind of holds it slides it over to connor brown and connor brown it it, it doesn't go past elvis merlis merlis but holloway does get the rebound and then you think about the game prior i uh, was the game prior yeah he had a two-on-one and he shoots it back yep. into the goaltender doesn't go into the net i mean he's getting chances brownie but he's not scoring and i i honestly think when he gets one he's gonna rattle off a few in a row and and, and get kind of pump up his number although pumping up from zero isn't a big thing but you know as a former <laughs> goal scorer and I I you know I scored in the shootout but I didn't score as much as you did in the NHL am I wrong that you know is it I feel like he's getting chances is, is it is it is that just is there a difference between getting chances and never scoring and getting chances to start a score well first a goal means everything and Ryan McLeod when his season started to take off offensively, it was after he got an empty net goal. At the end of a game, he got, and it seemed like a sure. nothing goal. But now, when you wake up the next day and you look in the stats, there's a one beside your name. It's no longer that <laughs> zero. And you know what it's yeah. like. In the dressing room, you get those stats pages, and it's, it's depressing. And I've been there where it's like you have a slow start to the season. You don't even want to look at the stat pages. You don't want to look at that right. zero. So I do believe, yes, once he gets one, it should come easier. But having said that, the last two games, the Calgary two-on-one, pass from Holloway, and then tonight, the pass from Kulak, there was more net showing than there was goalie. <laughs> it was harder for Connor Brown to hit the goalie the last two games right. than it was to hit the net. Like, that is a guy that is so badly snake-bitten. I, I, it, it, like, he's going home going, he is shocked. He's a guy that scored 15-20 in the league. So he scored in this league. Um, it would be different with Connor Brown, you're right, if he wasn't getting chances. Then you think, okay, uh, if he's not getting chances, you're talking about whether we want him in the lineup or not. But he is creating opportunities. He's getting, it's not just chances. Like, we're getting grade-A scoring chances. I thought the line with McLeod, Holloway, and Connor Brown played very good tonight and got the team going. So Connor Brown... It's coming. Um, if I were him, in all honesty, two things I would do. I would have the video coach go find all the videos of goals you've scored in the past in the NHL and watch it over and over and over. I did that in Pittsburgh. Then when I was in a, a bit of a slump, I'd get the coach, assistant coach to come here, go home and watch this. And it was me scoring goals, just getting that feeling inside of me. And then every practice, I don't care if there's a goalie in the net, if it's an empty net, 
you're always shooting to score. Just bang, bang, bang. You skate on the ice, you go rip five pucks in the, in the net just to have the feeling of the puck leaving your stick and finding the back of the net. You've got to somehow have some muscle memory and some good muscle memory of a good thing happening, that puck finding the back of the net. I love it. I love it. Well, let's get to our relentless player of the game brought to you by You Can Youth Services, an Edmonton charity relentless in helping youth aged 16 to 24 get out of harm's way and get employed. Visit youcan.ca to see how your donation can change lives right here in our community. Uh, fantastic, fantastic work they do. Okay, I've got one, Brown. You can also chime in with one, but I'm going with Dylan Holloway. He's been up for two games and he has been, I think, fantastic. I just absolutely great. Uh, he's played, you know, right around 10 minutes both games. And I feel like he was out there more than that. And that is a, the, the best compliment you can play a, pay a player is that you're like, man, I, you only played this much? I thought you played way more from how much I saw from you. Do you have someone else you'd like to talk about? That, well, I mean, that, that's a good, it's a good point about uh, Holloway and his ice time. I thought the exact same afterwards. You noticed him all 924. There's other guys that play 16 minutes. You're like, yeah, didn't really notice him much tonight. You noticed all 924 of Holloway. My player, you've, everyone's seen that viral video. There's the one where the goalie's in the net in a soccer game, and the guy takes a penalty kick, kicks the goalie in the head. Then the goalie tries to get up. The next guy hits him in the head, and over and over. Then they put him in a chair. Next guy takes a penalty kick, hits him in the head again. Well, that's tonight, Vinny DeArnay. The penalty kill gets absolutely yeah. drilled with a slap shot. He's laying down. He's hunched over, wills himself back up, goes back to the front of it, gets drilled again with another shot, can barely get off the ice. So to me, my relentless player of the game was Vinny DeArnay. The, 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 what he's doing on the penalty kill, well, how he's made a spot for himself in the National Hockey League by being a great penalty killer just – uh, I, I have so much credit for this guy who, had, I mean, spend that much time in the minors, you could wonder if you're ever going to get there. He got an opportunity. He's running with it. He was my relentless player of the game. Well said. Really, really good one. And he also absolutely hammered um, Johnny Gujo. Johnny just oh, flattened oh, oh, And to Johnny's credit, he got up in, in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Okay, uh, let's take a quick pause here. When we come back in takeaways, we're going to look at the line switch that uh, Chris Knobloch did heading into the third period, what we liked about it, and why it paid off. Stay with us. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners. Use promo code GYBPOD on checkouts and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line TrackMan simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a Z dot C-A. 
The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May, and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. Four to one, the Edmonton owners win. 14 wins in a row for this team. Absolutely incredible. Take on Chicago Blackhawks on a Thursday, Nashville Saturday afternooner. Then they have a nice break. Uh, two more wins would make that break feel pretty damn good at 16 wins. Let's get into takeaways now, brought to you by Martin Motorsports. Looking for something to do this weekend? Head over to the Empton Motorcycle Show at Empton Expo Center to visit with the great folks at Martin Motorsports. They will be there with the Zero Electric Motorcycles, a perfect unit to commute around the city. Visit them at the show or on one of their two Edmonton locations on the west or south side of Edmonton. That's our good friends at Martin Motorsports. After two periods, it wasn't working. The orders were uh, being outshot, uh, outchanced. They didn't have a lot of energy. And, and to be fair, Chris Knobloch talked about it, you know, saying this was a hard one to get up for. And I, I completely understand. I get it. Um, so he tweaks the lines. Heading into the fourth uh, fourth period, the third period we'll start with, he went with 29-9-7-18. Uh, I'll say their names in English. Leon, Connor, and uh, Hyman. Then they went with uh, Kane, uh, Nutra Hopkins, and Fogel. And then Holloway, McLeod, and Connor Brown. And then obviously that would leave Gags, Derek Ryan, and uh, Janmark on the fourth line. And I'll tell you what, Brownie, I love the change of these lines. I don't like putting the big guys together, and that line was good in in in, in obviously in the, in the third period. But I really liked Holloway beside Fogel and Brown. That line, they they seem to kind of get things kickstarted for the group. Uh, they're all pretty big, they're all pretty fast, and they all work really hard to, to dig in the puck. We even saw McLeod finish a couple checks, which. Wherever uh, Shogger is, he's probably just uh, thrilled to see that. But I really like that line and that change. But I don't like Connor and Leon together. Your thoughts, sir? Well, I I don't mind Connor and Leon together when you're doing it in small doses. And I think that the the coaching staff thought, okay, we need something going for us here tonight where we are off, like red rotten awful through 40 minutes. Let's try and go nuclear tonight. We'll put Connor and Leon together. And the only way you can put those two together, if you have trust in other players being able to contribute. I think the fact that McLeod has gained confidence in, after his little stint on left wing, you're thinking, okay, he can start driving a light himself. You're going to put Holloway there, who's been fantastic in his return. And Connor Brown, he, he's, he's working hard. He's just not putting the puck in there. But I, we like the speed on that line. And then the other one, Kane's played better as of late. Vogel's been excellent. Nugent Hopkins is Nugent Hopkins. So I didn't mind that. I think the Oilers needed a jump start, um, and they got it. All three of those lines were very good in the third period. And to me, it was the Fogel line, or excuse me, the McLeod line that got things going. So uh, you don't want to, to, for the Oilers to win in the playoffs, they need to have Connor and Leon on separate lines because they're going to be playing against teams that are deep and they're going to have four lines they can run. So you're going to need to have them on separate lines. But every once in a while for a spark, you got to put them together. And 
I think it's really hard right now to find any fault in anything that Chris Knobloch does. Everything he touches seems to go to gold. He just has a pulse of this team and very quickly, because it's not as though he's come from the minors and knows all these players. He came from a different organization, but it somehow found a way to get the best out of these players. And every time he makes a move, that move seems to work. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And so those moves that he made, I, I, I'll, I'll let you think about it. What do you do next game? I think I would throw the uh, top two lines back as they were, so separate Connor and Leon. But I'm going to keep the line together of Fogel, Holloway, and Connor Brown. Then that would leave Sam Gagne with Derek Ryan and uh, Janmark. Yep, one hundred percent. I would one hundred percent do that. Yep. Yeah, and I think that when I look at it, like, and I know I was giving it to Shogger about he was seeing his praises should be in the top six after one good game, but he's really skating well, and I think he's going to help that line. That that line being. Uh, Fogel, or sorry, uh, McLeod and, and Connor Brown just keep bringing more energy. And it, it almost looks like a third line, right? Because you've got that size, that speed, and their skill. Um, and it's it's Chicago Blackhawks, and not that it should matter that much, but I think that is a line that I want to see back together and playing together. Uh, and, and it does have the look of what they probably hoped could be a third line maybe when the season started, Brownie. You know, well, actually, they thought Connor Brown was going to be a little bit better offensively. They thought he'd be in the top six. Right. But, you know, I do like it. I, I thought that they they created, they they used speed. I mean, Holloway, I mean, the guy does not look like he's come back from injury. He looks like he's in midseason form, and he's missed a lot of the year. He's creating. He's making plays happen. This is the best McLeod has played this last little stretch since he's become an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, and Connor Brown is creating chances now. Uh, I would I 100% keep the first two lines the same that's your third line you've got your fourth line and the fourth line is only going to be that way for a little bit because you're going to get Corey Perry in eventually but the Oilers depth players and, and their, especially their third line tonight were the difference in this hockey game so yeah 100% that's your third line for the game against the Chicago Blackhawks and I would imagine Chris Knobloch sees exactly what we all saw yeah it's going to be Interesting what he does do because you, you said it earlier and he everything he's touched has just turned to gold. And that line might have been one of those things you just figure out and say, okay, well, look, this is what we got. This is what we've got here. Um, it, it's looked good together. Let's give it a chance to let that grow. And that, I think that would also help Hallway get a little bit more ice time. You know, I'd love to see him get up over 10 or 11, 12 minutes. The problem is that's all gonna have to be five on five, and that's a real challenge. Um, when you kind of have some of those other guys on those lines, like Evander Kane that doesn't kill penalties, or uh, Hyman, and or, and barely gets on the power play, and also Hyman who only gets on power play, but no no penalty killing. Um, another take I want to get to, Stuart Skinner is absolutely playing amazing. And I did the calculations to 43 games, he's appeared in 33. So that's 77% of the games. So kind of working the math and figuring out what's going on, there's 39 games left. And for if we all agree that he shouldn't play more than 55 games, now it's a little bit skewed because of starts and sometimes he came in for relief, but you get the general idea. There's 39 games left, and for him to only get to 55 games, mostly start and a couple appeared as relief work, he can only appear in 22 more games after this, tonight. So that means 17 games you have to find someone else to 
play in. So uh, my question yeah, to you, Barry, that's, that's not happening. That's, that's what I'm saying. So my this is this is where I go back, and I don't want to blame him, but the last time they played Chicago, it should or two times ago, it should have been the big boy, Calvin Pickard. Tomorrow or Thursday, it's got to be Calvin Pickard. But I think that they're on. There's a risk here because uh, right now he's on track to appear in and sorry to start and or appear in 63 games. Uh, that's a lot of hockey. That's a lot of games, especially when we were talking 50 to 55. So what do you do when you're at a 22-game max here to keep them underneath that 55-game threshold? Well, you're not keeping them under. You're not. He's going to play probably 60 games this year. They're going to find a picker will play Thursday, and then they'll go back to Skinner on Saturday. And then the second half of the season, uh, it'll work out to, that Skinner probably plays 60 games on the season, 60-61, more than they anticipated, but they weren't expecting Campbell to have a fall off. They weren't expecting to have the season start like it did. But, yeah, he's going to play more games than they wanted to. They're just hoping that because these games are all spread out, there won't be a fatigue problem. They're going to get the big break here during the All-Star break. He's not going to the All-Star game. He will get lots of rest. But, yeah, no, I don't think the season has turned out exactly like they expected. And he's going to end up playing more games than they probably had hoped for. Yeah, and that's a crazy schedule. So I took a look. I, I did some work here. I got ready. Uh, I did the old shocker work be here. They have 15 games in March, the Oilers do, and then they have 10 games in 18 days in April. So that is a ton. 10 games in 18 days is absolutely um, crazy. That's a lot of hockey in a, in a short period of time. So I, I can't. I would believe that they've worked through this. They've talked about it, and I think that there is. There's got to be a plan to get someone else some ice time uh, because. Him, him going into the playoffs having played 60 to 62 games, that's a ton of hockey, especially if they think they want to go four rounds deep or, or their goal is to go four rounds deep. So I I think they got to find a way to get underneath 60. Um, it's going to be tricky. There's no doubt about it. But if Jack Campbell keeps playing like this, uh, how he's playing the minors, I wonder if his role on this team doesn't change and he gets, gets some more ice time because uh, – I don't know. I, I just saw last. I think I thought he tired out. I really do think Stuart Skinner tired out, and I know he's rolling right now. But that's a dangerous game to play. And I point out round two that your goalie looks tired. Yeah, I, well, I, I think in a perfect world they knew what they wanted out of Skinner. Unfortunately, their season beginning and the fact that Jack Campbell absolutely cratered, they had no choice. Um, I, I do believe he'll play 60 games. I, I mean, Jack Campbell, they still have to do some money gymnastics to be able to get him up here uh, because of salary cap stuff. Uh, Calvin Pickett, again, I go. I ask the same question to anybody. It, do you believe that the Oilers can win if Calvin Pickett's your goalie in the, in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because every team, or all these teams in the last number of years, they've had to use a second goalie at times or a third goalie. If something happens to Skinner, do you trust Pickard to get it done? And if you don't, well, then the others have to do something else. But uh, they will find time to rest Skinner. But I still believe that over the final whatever games of the season, he's going to get up to 60, and they're just going to have to deal with it and hope that uh, he's a stronger goalie than he was last year. That's going to be really interesting to see how he shakes out. 
but the numbers don't lie. And I, I, I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see how this plays out. All right, let's uh, pause here for a second. When we come back, can take take a lap. A um, couple really interesting stories, and one out of Buffalo that really caught my eye. Today. I've been dying to get into it. So stay with us here, Brownie, Struddy, Stevie Taylor, and we're going to talk about an interesting story out of uh, Buffalo next. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximum Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing, or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. Okay, Brownie's here live. His, uh, his shot's a little all over the place, but I'll fix that in a bit. In the meantime, it's time for taking a lap. This is uh, brought to you by Backscape. This product is taking the online world by storm right now. It's absolutely everywhere. You want to get rid of your un unwanted back hair? This is the project, the product for you. You can do it all by yourself with Backscape. It's water resistant, it's rechargeable, it's a shaver. It's coupled with the uh, long handle. It lets you take care of business on your own. Visit Backscape, that's B-A-K-scape.com and choose from a variety of packages. Thank you, Steve Taylor. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, uh, let's get into take a lap here. Uh, out of Philadelphia, Carter Hart, uh, their, their youngish goaltender, uh, has taken an indefinite leave of absence from the team. Now, this is at a time when Philadelphia, a team that many thought would be attempting to maybe not crater, but maybe not trying to win too much, uh, is, is found, find now they find themselves second in the Metro Division, a, a pretty decent division. Um, and Carter Hart has now left the team. So that leaves them without their starting goal. And they do have another option there. Um, I do think that they're probably going to continue to trade assets away, Brownie. So I'm not sure that, that, you know, winning was the biggest goal for them this year. I think competing was, but Carter Hart leaving, um, at that time. And, you know, we don't know why yet. Uh, maybe, maybe that'll be announced at some point in the future, but right now we don't know. But that's a big hole for them to fill for a team that's been surprisingly very good this year. Well, that's what happens if the Oilers have all of a sudden they announce tomorrow that Stuart Skinner's gone. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, that's how big a, a part of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers Carter Hart is. And again, they have overachieved this year. And it would really, uh, I mean, that's, uh, to me, it's a step back. If you got this team that's overachieving, got a chance to make the playoffs and all these young players that are, are getting this kind of experience, and all of a sudden you don't have your, your, your best goaltender. So it's going to be tough. Um, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know what happens going forward for them. It'll be interesting to see because there's a lot of things that this could be. I know that uh, with Del Dylan Dubé leaving the Calgary Flames the other day, uh, there's a lot of conjecture or thoughts what might be happening. But, yeah, this is uh, a huge setback for the Philadelphia Flyers that were having a fantastic season. Number two, Buffalo. And this is the one that I find very interesting. So uh, Casey Middlestad, it's a youngish center, 25 years old for the uh, – Buffalo Sabres and that team is is I think they're performing well underneath the standard mm -hmm. they had hoped to get well well below they've got some good young players uh you know Dylan Cousins obviously Rasmus Dahlin Owen Power a team that I love to watch um you know Tage Thompson st uh, and Skinner up up front and they also have Casey Middlestad of all those guys though Casey Middlestad's their leading point getter 39 points in 46 games pretty good keep in mind last year he had 59 points in 82 games so anyways, I was reading this article, and, and uh, I guess uh, yesterday morning, he was watching NHL tonight, and he heard his name floated on trade rumors, that maybe he's the guy that'd be traded. And that was the first time he's heard it. Now, the first time you heard you might get traded, it, it, is, it is unsettling, because you think you're going to just bleed your team's colors for the rest of your life. So it is interesting. Then I started looking at it. He's got, I think he's got last year of RFA deal, and he's at around $2.5 million dollars. But his, their leading point getter, let's say he comes in even conservatively around 60 points. That's a pretty big bump in pay. And maybe Buffalo's thinking, we don't want to lock this guy in long term. He's not our guy. We've already got others. As I mentioned up front, <clears throat> Thompson, Skinner, Cousins. Maybe they don't want to give this guy a long-term deal either. So maybe that's why his name would be floated out there. So a lot to kind of for you to take take a stab. Which part interests you the most of Casey Middlestad hearing his name in trade rumors out of Buffalo? Well, to me, there's been some weird trades the last couple of years. The Blackhawks, they're going through a rebuild, and then they go ahead and trade Kirby Dock. I'm like, you re <laughs> that's what we, when you rebuild, you rebuild around guys that are 20, 21 years old. Um, I don't know Middlestad enough as a player. I remember when he was a world junior player. He was an American kid, uh, very talented. Uh, it's tough when you hear your name. I've heard when, when I was in Pittsburgh, I heard my name a few times and it's a little unsettling when you're a young player. It's like, Hey, wait a second. This is my team. I like these guys. Why are you trading me? Um, but Buffalo, I mean, every year you think this is a year they take that step forward and then they right. just disappoint. I know that for you, it's always the Winnipeg jets that disappoint you, but <laughs> there's a lot of people out there that are disappointed with Buffalo. Uh, so you're fool. thinking... Yeah, fooled. I was fooled by them. Now, I don't know what their, their depth chart. I don't know much about Middlestat, but they do have that Zach Benson, who is probably ahead of schedule. He's playing yeah. this year for them and having a really good start to his career. So maybe they're like, all right, maybe we get something that we're missing. Because obviously the Buffalo Sabres are missing something because they are nowhere near as good as they should be. And Matt Savoy, another good young player. You Coming know, it's, up, yep. it's, it's it's pretty crazy. They they do have quite a bit of talent, but I, I I can't believe where they're at. It's very very disappointing. So, 
you know, we're a little ways away from the trade deadline, but when you see a name like that floating around, a good young player who's kind mm -hmm. of figured it out, um, it is shocking. I can only imagine how he felt. And his buddies were texting him. <clears throat> All right, let's um, take a quick break here. When we come back, I've got this idea in my head about what the Oilers are, where they're at. And I'm going to challenge Brownie to, okay. to, to make me, not like tell me I'm wrong, but just tell me why he thinks that what I'm thinking may or may not be true. We'll get well, to I that can start next. right now. I can start right now. You're wrong. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope I am. I hope I am. That's next here on Strutty's World. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster. Find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. Guy look good. All right, it's time for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products, with locations in Calgary and Edmonton. Whether you're a homeowner, contractor, or a builder, DLR is the most reliable source for your vinyl fencing needs. Unmatched service, high quality, North American made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. It's time for Strutty's World. What do you got, Struds? Today, when I was doing my 100th curl of 20 pounds, or no, wait, was it 20th curl of 100 pounds? I can't remember, but these guns are blazing. Um, I had this thought. Have the Oilers peaked too soon? Have they come out of the uh, gate so slow and then just come roaring back and found their game after tonight, a 4-1 victory over Columbus, and they're now won 14 in a row. They put themselves in second place, uh, or sorry, Third place, they're chasing down uh, Vegas tonight. They're still tonight trying to catch them with many games at hand. But did they peak too soon? And as I placed that 100-pound weight down and started working on the other gun, I realized that, no, they haven't peaked too soon because I think peaking is often associated with scoring. So that means your power play is absolutely killing it or you have someone on an absolute heater. Uh, the shooting percentage that we see in Vancouver is just – Guys, we have there's multiple players shooting over 20% on the year, that which is outstanding for them, but I don't think you can keep that up all year. So I think the Oilers are 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 not peaking too soon, Brownie. I think that they've found a, a brand or a style of game that is predictable night in, night out, and gives you a chance to win every night out because you limit other teams' chances. Now, that I don't think that's a peak situation. I think that's maturity. What say you? Well, I, I agree that, that I don't believe you can peak too soon. I think the others are trying to find their game. Now, some, sometimes 
you might look at this stretch as like, well, they're getting the bounces or they're getting the saves or, I mean, they play in Calgary then they get the goal, the goal from behind the net from Sam Gagne. Right. Eventually the bounces are going to go the other way. Um, but what the, when you look at the best teams, the Boston Bruins, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, they have a, a bar that they set. This is how we are going to play. We're going to do it every night. And you don't win every game, but you're in every game. And I think that's what we've seen with, with even L.A. Like, they don't win every game, but they're always in it because they play the certain way. And I think that's what you're seeing with the Oilers right now. They're in every game. Even tonight when they, they were awful through 40 minutes, they're playing well enough or they're getting good enough goaltending that keeps them hanging around. So I think the Oilers are finally putting themselves, they're getting a standard of how they expect to play. And this will set them up well as they go forward because last year they thought they had a standard. They went in the playoffs. When things went sideways, they got away from that standard. They then started trying to uh, outscore their mistakes. I think right now they're finding, as you said, a maturity or a professionalism of how you have to win uh, on every any given night. The Oilers, if we hold the other teams to two or under, which they've done something like 12 or 13 times now, if we hold them to two or under, we are going to score three goals or be at least give ourselves a chance. So I, I don't think they're peaking too early. I do believe they are finding a standard that sets up for a long playoff run because they keep themselves in every hockey game. And I think that's key going forward here. I, I love the way you say that. I'm, I'm going to steal a different word or use a different word, a buy-in. I think more and more players are buying into the way they have to play. So when I step on that ice, whether I'm a D or a forward or, you know, I guess a goalie, I know how everyone's going to play around me. And that there's there's power in that. And that's not that's, that's not suggesting you play an unskilled game. But I understand that if if you are going up the ice, you're going to back check for me. If I'm a D-man, so that means I have to stand up. I, have to, I, can, I can hold the blue line a little bit harder, make them dump it in or um, – you know, how I'm going to battle off the faceoffs, all those kinds of things, they all add up together. And I think that that buy-in is, is really high now. So can you lose the buy-in? Yeah, I guess you could. I, I You know, in the middle of a year, it's, I think it's a little harder, especially when we've had success doing it. So I think it's unlikely. So instead of using the word peaking too early, I think that they have a buy-in that is at the right spot for what they for what they want to achieve and how they want to play, uh, you know, over the course of a whole season, Brownie. Well, I think it's funny now that you look back at it, but the best thing that ever happened to the Oilers was the start to the season. Right. Because the, the Oilers came in cup, cup or bust. This is, this is every, anything below winning the Stanley Cup was failure. I mean, that's not our words. That was the words from the team. Right. They had the great finish to the regular season last year. They lose to the Stanley Cup champions in games that they, they felt that they could have won those games. But they came in at the beginning of the season. I thought they played arrogant. Uh, they did not have the buy-in. They did not have the standard. And they got back to some of their their ways that had cost them in the past. So they they hit rock bottom. And it's one of those ones, okay, that's not working. Let's get back to what we were doing well and why we were successful. And a buy-in has to come from your top players. Because you know what it's like, bottom six and five, six, seven defensemen, they always have buy-in because they are not in the <laughs> NHL if they don't. So the buy-in has to be from your top players. Now, if your top players buy in, that sets a precedent. Now, if Connor McDavid's going out there and he's the first guy back on a back check, it's really hard for Derek Ryan not to. If Leon Dreisaitl goes out there and finishes his check, really hard now for Ryan McLeod not to. If Darnell Nurse gets to the red line 
He thinks he could beat that guy, but you know what? The smart play is dumping it in. Well, now Vinny Deharnay has to. So if your top players are buying in, that means the rest of the players will follow. And right now, I mean, how many times in the last number of years have you seen Connor McDavid get to standard, look around, and then dump the puck in? He did it three yeah. times tonight. So right. there is buy-in for this team. They're playing the right way. And even tonight when it went sideways for 40 minutes, they found a way to get back to their standard in the third period, and it was a dominating third period. So there will be hiccups. All teams have hiccups. All teams have a little bit of a roller coaster. But I think right now the expectation of how the Oilers plays play each and every night, they're at about 90% of the time they're hitting it. There's no doubt. I said it earlier, you know, when they are going on that, that, that terrible start, I said there's a great story to be written here. And I think mm-hmm. there is a great story to be written. And you kind of suggested how it could be. All right, that was uh, Strutty's World, another incredible installment. I, I just keep hitting <laughs> higher notes every time. It's like, uh, must be like hanging out with Pavarotti. And you guys are, you're good singers, but I mean, I'm, I'm hitting these high notes like nobody's business. Boys. <laughs> All right, well, let's bring in uh, Steve Taylor now for Ask Us Anything. Brought to you by the Shark of the Park. Rennie Beauclair of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. It is not Beauclair. Nothing about that that it says oh, Beauclair. Beauclair. Sorry, yeah. my bad. Beauclair, my bad. <laughs> Rennie Beauclair of uh, Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Uh, Good job, Pavarotti. <laughs> no, I hit the high notes, but... <laughs> uh, poor Renee doesn't deserve this. No. Yeah, Renee. I want I, my money back. She's getting a lot of love for this one. Okay, so yeah. Rini is the shark of the park. Let's That's just right. all agree at that. That's right. For the number one individual agent for two years in a row, you'll see why when you see her commitment to providing her clients with professional services, skilled negotiation, experience, and knowledge. Call her at 780-994-0280. And I think I owe you a drink. Yeah, Shoggy tomorrow is going to be pretty excited when we lost one of her <laughs> main sponsors i mean it wasn't my i know what i made through all the other reads and this one i i may or may not have not dropped the ball but just you know could have gone well you fumbled but you recovered your own fumble there you go yeah yeah well we still got a chance here we got a chance to redeem ourselves in the closing minutes of our show that's right Uh, steve bring it home buddy what what are the people talking about on this what do you mean what do you mean we I didn't drop the ball on poor Renee's name. That oh, was we're together. <laughs> we're together. Oh, we're in this together. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. My fault. Yeah, There's we're no a team, Brownie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Strudge, with very little notice, you've uh, you've nailed it tonight. And the uh, the stream agrees for what it's worth. There's a oh. lot of love. A lot of love for you right oh, off the bat on the stream. Awesome. C. C. James Michael says, uh, Strudge is a beautiful man, and his voice sounds like a combination oh, of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we got it. That might be the gem of the night. <laughs> well done. Uh, so right off the bat, when we announced that uh, Shogger wasn't going to be here, I just I just put on the stream that he's on the IR tonight, so he's not going to be uh, joining us on the stream. And there was some speculation as to what happened to him, so I'll read a few of the better ones. So Boba Fett said, "Oh no, Shogger had a Peloton seat mishap." <laughs> Stephen Petruk said uh, oh no did Shogger's knee explode on the elliptical Um, Neo Garrity back on the uh, Peloton Shogger needs to wear his helmet on his Peloton workouts and uh, Ryan Smith's nose says Shogger forgot to put the extra padding on (laughs) when he was taking a uh, Peloton workout didn't he and of course Sherry of course Sherry comes through and says uh Oh man, I wondered why we didn't see or hear Shogger on the Oilers Plus post-game interviews. I hope you're okay, Shogger. 
Hope uh, to have you back on Thursday. I'll let the others in the chat chirp you, <laughs> but yeah, nothing I but love, love from, from Sherry. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. Anyway, so lots of questions uh, on the stream, and uh, everyone's in a great mood, obviously. The Coltrane says, uh, the Oilers, are they getting too comfortable playing only for one period and winning games? Well, Chris Knobloch brought this up uh, pre-game, I want to say, was it Friday or Saturday? Uh, Flames we just talked about it. it's it's a it's I don't know if concerns the word to use, but it's something they have to address. And it, it to me sp specifically today, Brownie, it was their puck management in the first two mm -hmm. periods, giveaways, um, you know, taking unneeded risks. Those are things that they they don't need to have in their game, and and they we did see it, but they can remove them quite easily because they're plays you wouldn't make even when you're. Well, they've won 14. I don't know how much harder can he be, but they're just plays you shouldn't make at any time. Well, you know what it's like over an 82-game season. It's hard to be emotionally intact in every game. You just you can't get engaged in every game. There's going to be games that mean more. The Leafs game, playing in, in Montreal, Battle of Alberta. So you're going to have an emotional uh, aspect of your, of your game that's going to be higher. So there's going to be drop-offs in certain games. And this month in January, there's been a few games that are uh, that don't really excite you as a player. And uh, playing the Columbus Blue Jackets on a Tuesday night doesn't really excite you. You just had that great week <laughs> last week. Montreal, Toronto, Calgary. There's going to be a drop-off. And you could tell the emotion wasn't there for the others. The intensity wasn't. In the first 40 minutes, they were terrible. But their goaltender was good. So it's hard to keep it up the whole time. It's, this is one that coaches love. We played terrible, but we got a win. So I've got a lot of video to show you, but we still got the two points in the bank. Yeah, great one. What's next, Steve? Okay, good one from Davin. Uh, second unit came out uh, in the power play with, what, uh, 55 seconds left in that power play. Scored immediately. Knobloch is a genius. Struddy, I know you've been... Uh, <laughs> Asking for this for a long time, getting that second unit out there sooner. I've think? rung that bell so many times we can't unring it. It's just there, and I, I, I know it wasn't a, what I'd call a classic or your typical uh, power play goal, but um, I just like giving other guys a chance to get their beak wet. Especially, yep. I didn't think the first unit looked great in nope. that first minute. You're right, but that had nothing to do with Chris Knobloch. <laughs> The Chris Knobloch's not whistling on the bench. He's not banging the door with a piece of wood. That is dependent on when Connor and Leon decide to come off the ice. And on that one, I think there was a little bit of frustration, and they changed and got the second unit out there. The second unit is going to become a little bit more important and need a little bit more ice time going forward because that's where Corey Perry is going to play. So if you want to see what Corey Perry does best, and that's play in front of the net on the power play, you're going to have to get your second unit out. Now, all of a sudden, your second unit has a Corey Perry on it and has an Evander Kane on it, and you got Nurse at the top end of it. That's not a bad second yeah. unit that could, could, you could see finding a little bit more ice time. I and mean, who knows, occasionally maybe even starting a power Whoa. play at some point. I know, <laughs> I know. Wow. That's silly talk there. But, but yeah, <laughs> no, it was a big goal for the second unit, but that I don't think had anything to do with Chris Knobloch. The second unit goes out whenever the first unit decides to come off. <laughs> uh, speaking of Corey Perry, uh, Kegel97 says, guys, who's going to score first, Corey Perry or Connor Brown? <laughs> Place your bets. <laughs> what do you think? Guys, I think Connor think, Brown Brownie? scores tomorrow. Or yeah. I think he scores against Chicago. I well, really do. He, 
two great chances. Yeah. It's funny. All my buddies on my chat group think my brother Scotty Brown's going to score first before Connor Brown. <laughs> 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 and he's a 50-year-old man that works in, in Vancouver. Um, I'm going to say Corey Perry yeah. will score first. Wow. Well, I think, I think Corey Perry's going to have an impact. I do. And Corey Perry is a great player. Corey Perry is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Corey Perry is a – what I always found with great players, are, are, they come up big in big moments. First time Corey Perry puts on an Oilers uniform is a big moment. So I, I expect him to score very early in his Edmonton Oilers career. Steve Taylor, what say you? I uh... – <laughs> I, I don't I don't know I it, it's beginning to think to feel like uh, an actual curse that's for sure and Robbie like you tell me like have you ever been in a situation like a slump situation before where you know it feels like when Brown gets the puck and he goes for that shot it's just like he holds the stick a little bit tighter and and there's just that sort of uh, anxiety that comes over him that's what it looks like from the outside have you been in that situation do you think that's what's going on at all I, I've been in slumps, not like this. I mean, this is a slump. I mean, it's 40 games into the season, and he's getting good ice time, and he's getting good chances. I mean, last game, the the, the one against Calgary, the two-on-one, he, he hit the goalie. But if he didn't hit the goalie, he was missing the net. Like, yeah. he was five feet from the net, and he was missing the net. So uh, he, ne he needs an empty net goal. And it's funny. Now, I, you'd have to ask Kulak. When he looked in front, was he trying to get Connor Brown that goal there? 100%, man. Because Kulak was looking – like, Kulak was in a great scoring chance. Prime shooting. Perfect. Yes, and he passed it to Connor Brown. They will do everything possible. What the Oilers need is they need a one or two goal lead late in the game, face off, so they can get Connor Brown out there with Leon and Connor again, and they can somehow find a way to get him an empty net goal. That's what they need them to do. And once he gets that empty net goal, then I do believe more will come. Flood couple more after Halo. Corey Perry scores after Corey Perry after scores. right after Corey Perry okay Chris Mazur says a uh, question for you guys at what point do we start to ask if the Oilers actually have the best PK in the NHL well I just looked at it they're I think they're top 10 now they're tied I want to I think of Florida um like they've moved up so much it's incredible it, mm -hmm. so that has moved up and guess what's moved down their goals against has dropped down so I think they're top 10 in both power, I think they might be tied for top ten for power for penalty kill and top six or seven for power play. And I think they're, I want to say they're like twenty first or twentieth for goals against the game, which is is a good thing. Um, so those are metrics I really I value. I value those specialty teams and the goals against per game, and they've dropped a ton. Uh, and then uh, Stuart Skinner's goals against keeps ticking up. So you know those are all kind of relying on each other, aren't they, Brownie? Well, they are, and I think in the 14-game winning streak, the Oilers are over 93% penalty kill. I mean, and, and so they've won 14 straight. I will, I, I think it, it, it's easy to say that the Oilers' penalty killing has been more important and won them more games than their power play has in this 14-game stretch, which is shocking when you think about where both those things were earlier in the season. Their penalty killing has been excellent, and yeah, it's, the the opposition isn't getting looks like they're doing such a good job they're more aggressive they have pairings that have chemistry they're doing a great job standing up at the blue line uh and forcing turnovers yeah their penalty killing is as good as any in the nhl right now and hopefully it'll continue to last last one sebo okay so noel rinsky challenges you he says uh why is it okay for demko and hellebuck to play so much is is anyone worried about them and, and the amount of games they're starting in Compared to yeah, Skinner? Yeah, so Hellebuck, 
Yeah, Hellebuck has a track record of doing it, right? He's been doing it for a while. I, I think Demko, I'd have to go back, so I'm not as familiar, but I think he's he's a little bit further down his journey of being an, um, a number one goalie. And I can't comment on Demko, because I don't even know if he's been in the playoffs, has he? But I, I do feel that last year Skinner was fatigued. I, I he, he says he isn't. I know everyone's going to tell me I'm wrong, but I think it had an impact on him. He played so much down the stretch. So why risk it? That's and I, and I understand what you're saying. And with Hellebuck, it's just different because he's he's been around a million years, Brownie. Well, I'm going to devil's advocate. The only way you can get a track record is if you get to try it in the first place. So he's got a track record, Hellebuck, of being a guy that can play all those games because they started letting him do it. I don't know if his first year, if he was as good at it. Uh, they, I believe Stuart Skinner is probably going to play 60 games, just the way the schedule is set up for them right now. Um, and then you will see in playoff time if it was too many or not. They will try to find him rest depending where they are in the last week of the season, the last two weeks, where they are in the standings. But uh, it, it would be hard not to play him the games they played him this month because there was so much free time, so much time between games. So uh, we will see Pickard and possibly Campbell when we get into February. We'll see them more than we've seen them thus far this year. But Stuart Skinner's going to probably play 60 games, and then we'll see at season's end if that was too many or not. Demko played 64 games in 21-22. They made the no playoffs, playoffs that year. They didn't, when did no. they, didn't he play the playoffs in the bubble year? 2019-20, he played four games. Um, yeah, so he he's done it one time. Right now he's at, he's at 34 games played, and and or at, so. Games played show, you know, it's not necessarily starts. Like, I'd be careful of that. And right. then uh, Stu's at 34, 33, I think I said. So they're both probably going to play 60 games. Demko will play yeah. 60 as well. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Actually, I don't even know who Vancouver's backup goalie is. Casey DeSmith. Remember, he oh. beat the Oilers. Was it game one or game two? I think game two. Well, first, beginning of the year, everybody beat the Oilers. <laughs> they did. They did. That was a All tough right. one. All right, boys. Time All to right, start boys. thinking about the gem of the night. Uh, oh, I got the gem of the night. And I, I, I said I wouldn't use this. Uh, our boss, Ryan Rashog, texted me earlier today and said, do not use this. Uh, but obviously that says what it is for sure. So I'm reading the text here. Hey, hey, sorry, buddy. I'm laid up right now. I'm unable to do the show tonight. We're trying to break the tiebreaker for the best of five. So I'm going to be playing Settlers of the Kitan until deep in the night. <laughs> oh, boy. So that's how I got the game. So now you guys know how I got it. And Stroger, we wish you the best of luck. Success. We hope you won it, but we hope you won the Settlers of the Catans. I hope he's the best settler tonight. Yeah. And what was that thing he talked about? Remember he was telling us about it? Like, uh, Oh, I, I tuned him out. I completely tuned him out. I think I fell asleep at one point. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Steve Taylor, as we go to darkness? No, that was awesome. Thanks, everyone, for uh, your patience and bearing with us. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun just hanging out with you guys. And good show, boys. Likewise, uh, Brownie, thanks a lot, buddy, for uh, jumping on here. And, Steve, great work at the front. And, obviously, me, you killed it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for saying that. All right. So that's <laughs> that's it for us tonight, guys. Uh, we are back. What I don't even know what day. Thursday. Thursday night, post-game, Chicago Blackhawks. The Oilers have a chance to get their 15th win. But, more importantly, Connor Brown will score his first goal. Good night, everybody. Talk to you guys later. <laughs>